wouldn't it be good if you could talk to all of the future leaders? If you could kind of be a fly on the wall for the Irish future leaders? Well, Rebranding Safety has got that for you. Let's jump into the intro and I'll tell you some more. The problem in safety isn't deviation, it's complexity. Health and safety has gone mad. Health and safety is trying to unpick having gone mad in the past. There's no one solution and one problem. The problem is that we are looking for one solution. Does the structure of the team allow them to flourish? Feel safe enough to be uncomfortable. The environment defines our behaviours. People aren't the problem, they're the solution. Rebranding safety, crushing the stereotype. Brought to you by Risk What's up peeps, welcome back to Rebranding Safety. Rebranding Safety is the podcast and YouTube channel doing exactly what it says on the tin. We're here to change the perception of health and safety and challenge health and safety gone mad practices. So in today's episode, as you probably know, I'm a member of the IOSH Future Leaders Steering Group. Um, very, very proud, very, very humbled to, to be selected. You know, I'm very happy with it. But I've pitched this idea to the group and said, hey, would you guys fancy, you know, once a month coming on the podcast um, and just, just chat, like no format to it. Let's just all of us get on and chat and be, be victim to the Zoom 45 minute limit I won't pay for it, which is exactly what happens, as you'll find out at the end of the episode. Um, and that's it. We just kind of get on and chat about what we're doing or, or what we think or why we joined. And this is just a bit of an introduction to the members that could make it to this call and why we joined. And we just have a bit of a chinwag. It's a bit messy. Uh, my dog runs out the door for the first time. Uh, we have loads of technical issues. Jason, unfortunately, barely struggled to get on. And then when he did get on, it was pretty much time to end the call. So very, very messy for the first one, but otherwise a great chat. So it's a little bonus episode for you all, 45 minutes long. Listen, be a fly on the wall with a chat with Irish Future Leaders. Let's get into the episode. Right, we're recording. What would this be like, 50%? How many of us are in the group? Eight. Eight. I think it's eight, isn't it? Eight. So yeah, 50% of the future leaders on, on the first one. A reasonable start. Why don't we all introduce ourselves? <laughs> Philip, you're at my top left, so why don't we start with you? I'm Fred Lancashire. I'm Health, Safety and Environmental Manager for a company called Building Product Design Limited. Um, UK-based, ship across the world. We make um, building products for uh, construction. Main okay. product we do is... Uh, membrane, wall membrane and roofing membrane. So that's the industry I'm in. Um, main focus is manufacturing and warehousing and distribution. So big machines, pure, all those sorts of big things um, from a manufacturing point of view, factory work. Awesome. So. Chloe. Hey, I'm Chloe. Um, I work for Rolls-Royce PLC. So we don't make cars, we make aerospace engines. Uh, so cool. that tends to be a misconception sometimes there is a rolls royce cars but i'm i don't work for them um so yeah my background i guess is i am a public health nutritionist um but i've also got a master's in health safety and well-being and i've done a nebosh certificate as well um so i guess i chose to do health and safety a little bit differently i've come straight into it rather than a little bit later cool i like that a rarity. It's always good to be a rarity. Thank Chloe. you. Kaylee. Well, yeah, that's one oh. word for me. <laughs> I meant it in a nice way. Go, go no, on. no, it's okay. <laughs> go on, Hayley. Hi, I'm Hayley. Um, 
audit and assurance lead for defence equipment and support, which is part of the MOD. Um, so before I worked um, for the MOD, I worked for a big logistics company um, doing health and safety. Um, and sort of went up through the ranks. I started in quite an admin sort of junior role um, and sort of really um, got into it. So I definitely think the ladies have got the best jobs out of, out of us. Oh, Jason's just joined. Let him in. Right. Let, let's go with why you wanted to be on the future leaders. So let's all, if Jason comes in, I'll let him introduce himself. Come on, Jason. We've only got 45 minutes. Philip, what, why, did you join the, why did you join the future leaders? Um, well, I attended the conference last year found it really informative really interesting um and to be fair i've not actually heard of the future leaders before that so um thought it was really good obviously it seems i are aware of issues with regards to young people getting into the industry i think and um it's something they're looking to address and it's i think something really interesting to be a part of um we all fit that niche if we want to call it a niche now um and you know, I enjoy the training and the guidance and the mentoring that I have with the team that I manage. So to try and do things to help a wider community get into an industry or stay in an industry or get people from, you know, as a first choice, I think it's a really interesting prospect. Mm. Um, and I think with young minds together, we can make a, a real impact and make a real change with it. So mm. now's the time. <laughs> yeah, interesting. It's, it's such an interesting little group as well. When you look around who's in it and what's that, it's quite exciting. Chloe, do you want to give us a quick uh, uh, helicopter view as why, of why you join Future Leaders? Yeah, so I guess when I was first starting out, I really struggled to find some young people in health and safety. Um, everyone I kind of spoken to were much older than me. Um, it was all kind of a second career for them rather than a first time career. So I was like, oh, how do I go about doing this? Um, and then I managed to find someone else who's quite young in health and safety through the Irish discussion forum. And he really supported me in getting my career started and giving me some advice on, on what I needed to do. Um, so I guess when the opportunity to become a future leader came up, it was like, I'd love to support other people who were in the same predicament as me, but they can't find other young people in health and safety and they don't know where to begin or how to get going. So I think for me, it was very much, I can support people. They don't have to feel as lost as I did. Mm. Um, and, and they can kind of get started much easier and probably less time consuming. I think I spent hours on the computer trying to find people. Now there's a community that are literally at the touch of a button. You can talk to any of us guys. And that's such an awesome opportunity that I wish had been around when I was first starting out. Mm, I love that. Hayley, why did you join? Uh, slightly similar to Chloe um, in that, I, you know, when I started out in health and safety, um, particularly where I was working in a logistics company, um, I was sort of young female and probably one of the only sort of female managers um, at the site. Um, so that's, I think, quite a challenge when you're new into health and safety anyway, and you're trying to sort of prove yourself and prove your credibility. Mm. And so I think it's that network that the future leaders bring of having people like-minded in similar positions, probably facing the same challenges that we've all had, um, you know, sort of trying to prove ourselves and that just because we're sort of, 
um, don't have as much experience yet or perhaps slightly younger um, doesn't mean we don't have loads to contribute mm. um, so I was quite fresh coming into future leaders I didn't realize it was sort of out there um, until fairly recently mm. and so now like Chloe says to have that opportunity to talk to other people quite easily about some of the challenges when sometimes you can't talk to people who you work with because I don't think they'd quite understand where you're coming from so to have someone else just to share that with um, I think it's brilliant yeah and and you're not alone I didn't really other than the event I, I didn't really know much about it or anything I saw the event last year I actually didn't go to the event and then um, and then it, I, I can't remember I think Stuart maybe it might have tagged me in it a couple of people tagged me in it saying do you want to apply I'm like yeah look they'll never let me in I'll apply got in as if they let me in <laughs> Jason can you can you hear us oh we can't hear you can't hear you, mate. Well, I, will, I will come back to you when, when you get, whenever you get it fixed. Just shout and interrupt us, and uh, and then we'll. we'll but I'm going to crack on because uh, it's a pretty rubbish podcast if I'm just sitting here going, Jason, can you hear me? And something I'd like to discuss. Open to anyone, so feel feel free to just chime in now. Um, somebody put on the on the little Teams chat that we've got about um, always kind of being the youngest in the room, and I think both Haley and Chloe have just kind of touched on that, but it is this um, really aging profession, which for me was a massive challenge when I started always the youngest in the room, which comes with a, it comes with a, like a, a label, doesn't it? Like one of two I found, and feel free to uh, to chime in, but I found that they either assumed you were um, just popped out of university and you think you know everything, or you don't know anything because you're too young, you've got no life skills, no life experience. So that was always how I felt like I was being kind of judged. Um, but that was a massive challenge for me. I'll be interested in if anyone kind of come across that or how they felt and dealt with it, maybe. Free open table. Anyone can chime in now. Yeah, I think I, I absolutely have had that experience. Um, obviously, I am actually fresh from university. Um, <laughs> and think you know it all. <laughs> but obviously, I know everything. Um, actually, I'm the complete opposite. And I think um, I'm not afraid to admit that. I'm very much like, please teach me everything you know, because I obviously don't have as much experience as what I'd like to have. Um, and so I do see kind of every single day as a learning day and a learning opportunity. Um, and whenever I've been out with people, I think most people are quite willing to explain things to me in a little bit more detail um, or go over things a little bit more than what they pot potentially would do with someone else. Mm. Um, but I am very open about how I see things. I don't pretend to know things if I don't. It's much easier for me to say, oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Do you mind <laughs> just explaining it to me? And then they're like, oh, yeah, sorry. I forgot that you're not an engineer and I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely not. Um, <laughs> but I, I think sometimes as well, um, with health and safety, a lot of it, you, you do actually know it. Um, it's just having the confidence to believe that you know it. Um, and I tend to fall back. I work, I, I work at the moment with another health and safety manager who's, who's, he's in his 30s, so he's, he's very young. Um, and he's, very willing to support me and everything and he does let me have a try and then if I've missed something out he'll go oh just to add on top of what she said mm. there's this as well so I think that has helped me a lot he's got confidence 
confidence in me and that's given me confidence then to to actually get involved rather than having someone that constantly thinks you don't know what you're on about and mm. kind of will won't give you the opportunity to learn yeah i think there's a perception that we, we are experts like and I've, I've had this debate a lot of the times with a few people when they say oh talk to health and safety they're the expert and i'm like hang on a minute no how how can I be an expert or uh, engineering uh, when I'm I've never trained to be an engineer, you know? Talk, talk to James. He's he's the expert. I expert on what? I'm I'm the expert on. I always I don't know what you guys think, but I always kind of explain our roles as as we're facilitators of of a conversation. We get the right people in the room and we facilitate a conversation. Sometimes we might even play a bit of like professionals devil's advocate, but. I think sometimes it comes with this perception of, uh, you know, health safety are going to come and tell me what to do. But I think you kind of said it there, Chloe. I think that actually the best thing that health safety can do is say, we actually don't know. We, you're the expert, the guy that does the job. We know the guidance. We know risk. I think, I think if we're experts in anything, we're probably experts in, in risk and balancing risk and, and kind of engaging with people and stuff, but not, I'd never claim to be a risk, uh, not a risk, but a, 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 an expert in engineering or manufacturing or anything like that, because then just never could be, you know, you can't just go and do a knee bosh over two weeks and then come, come into the manufacturing arena and say, yep, I know more than you because I've read pure once. doesn't work like that. <laughs> I think yeah. it's back to what um, and Chloe said about confidence, really. I think, I think you said it in one of your previous podcasts, James, about, um you know it's just the majority of the stuff that we have to do is there is a hazard and there's a way to control it and that's pretty much what legislation is it's just this is the hazard and you need to find an effective way of controlling it it is quite simple in its in its overall nature mm. um and like um chloe said we you've got to get the confidence to be able to say look this is what i know and this is what we need to do and it is building confidence i think for me the even though you might be the youngest in the room or the most inexperienced in the room, you have to have the confidence that you do know what you're doing um, and you understand what you need to understand to be able to make things safe. I think for me, in my personal experience, it's been, it's been easier for me because I've not had the experience you guys may have had because I started at, at BPD as an advisor under a, under a manager. When I started that role, I was literally no knee bosh, no nothing. It was... You know, I'd got some health and safety experience as an administrator for another company a few years before. So from a from a ground knowledge, there was very little. Mm. And I went to the new Bosch and I was supported by that manager quite a lot. So that helped me integrate into the into the business better, which has led to me taking over as manager when that person's left. So at the moment it feels better that way because I feel like other managers have got the confidence that I do know what I'm doing because I've been there and learned it from scratch from there. Yeah, built so the relationships. I can imagine it is very difficult going into a business from another business or going into a business where you know you've got no experience at all. It must be difficult, especially going from one business to another. I can imagine that is really hard. Mm. I, I think I, I, I've um, I've bounced around a lot of industries, so. Uh, I've experienced that a lot, but you know, I just don't position myself to, to know anything. <laughs> I think I remember my, my, my uncle was a builder and he always said, you know, you wouldn't, uh, what did he say? You undersell and overachieve. 
Um, so that's kind of what I always do. I just go in saying, I don't know anything. And then when I say, when I say something, they're like, but yeah, this guy actually knows what he's talking about. I'm like, oh, okay. But, but my, my, my point is jokes aside, it's like, you know, I, I'm not here to dictate how you work. I'm here to help you work. So, so you guys need to tell me how you're working, what you're doing. And I'm going to say, well, can, can we do this? The gun says this, you know, and, and stuff like that. So, but coming, I think if you position yourself like that, like I've just joined a, an industry, which I didn't even know it, I knew it exist, but like, didn't even know how big it was in glass and glazing. And I'm just like, well, you know, but I don't know anything about glass and glazing. I don't preach to know anything about glass and glazing, but I know what I know. And that's it. Um, Paley, how, how are you, did you kind of come across those, those kind of challenges? Well, I think it might have been yourself that put the comment on, on teams actually that started this whole conversation. Was it, or did I make that up? It may have been, I can't, if I'm honest, I can't remember, but <laughs> something that we've also discussed that keeps coming up is this whole idea of confidence, especially when you're new in. Um, and I think a slightly different aspect is, yes, having the confidence that you know your stuff, but also it's having the confidence sometimes to sit up in a management meeting and say, actually, you need to do something else. Sometimes you have to be quite robust. And that's very difficult when perhaps there's groupthink going on particularly if you're probably one of the younger managers as well trying to buck the trend and it can be quite a lonely place to be sometimes because you can end up doubting yourself a little bit um and it comes down to having this confidence to actually speak out and do the right thing even if you you are slightly uh uphill battle with it i like i like i like that and i think i think that's such a good I think we could probably all relate to sitting in a room where everybody's like, yep, that's a great idea. And you're sitting there going, that is a horrendous idea. <laughs> you know I mean? Or even vice versa. I've, I've been in like, fi- I remember sitting in a finance meeting once with loads of these finance bobs. And I can't remember for the life of me a while. Can you, can you hear me now? Yes, we can hear you. Yes. <laughs> right. I'm going to completely stop what I was talking about. Jason, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, kind of what you do. and then. Also, tell me why you joined Future Leaders. Okay, I'll make it brief. Um, Jason <laughs> Kamalu, um, health, safety, security, and environment professional. Um, I work with um, Wakot um, Limited, which is a um, food and agribusiness company of the TGI, um, TGI Group. Um, basically, my role is HSE manager. So I, I joined the Future Leaders um, community because I felt... Uh, the, 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 the objective of the FLC aligned with my own career objective. Um, um, currently, I, 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 I have the privilege of volunteering in the IOSH West Africa Network as the deputy chair. And one of the things we do is we, um, we help mentor um, early OSS professionals, new and aspiring professionals in, in the profession. So when I saw the advertisement for Ayush FLC steering group uh, members, I said, wow, this, this just fits in. So it was mm. so easy for me applying for it because it was really what I, I do. And then I think another factor that influenced my joining was um, in, 20, in January 2020, we had, we had a conference in, in Lagos for West Africa. And I, I met one of the... Um, Board of Trustees for Irish um, um, by name Simon Simon Hudson. He uh, he attended with um, Bev, and then he told me uh, he, he that was the second time in Nigeria we had met. And he told me, Jason, have you heard of the FLC? I said no. 
he said, look, you should give this a try. And then he basically just stared me in that direction. So it was great um, when I got the mail that uh, confirming that I, um, my application had been accepted. Uh, so I said, well, this is, this is probably me playing my, my mentorship role, which I've been playing in the region on a, a, on a bigger platform. So I think awesome. that's, that's basically why I joined the IHFLC. Awesome. You've all got much better reasons for joining Future Leaders than, than mine. Mine was, I was tagged in a post and thought, yeah, let's give it a go, see what happens. Which makes me feel bad. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a shameless sponsorship clip. In all seriousness, guys, we partnered up with DRM Group. You know David McLean, he's been on the podcast time and time again. We absolutely support his message and he's got a brand new online course to help you. I'm gonna let him tell you all about it now. The brain can be trained to think and behave differently, to think in more positive and optimistic ways. And there are steps that you can take to train your brain to feel good for good. And we call this lasting positive change. Through our 16-day program, which includes daily videos and action sheets, taking you no longer than 15 minutes to complete a day. You will learn how to move away from thoughts of anger, hopelessness and frustration to a place of mental well-being and positivity. Okay, guys, so if you're interested, you can click the link below and get a discount, special rebranded safety discount, full disclosure. We get a little bit kickback from that. So at the same time as improving your mental health, you can support your favorite health and safety podcast YouTube channel. I'll let you get back into the content. Um. I'd be, I'd be interested, um, where were we anyway? I can't remember. We were talking about like um, confidence and stuff like that, weren't we? About bad decisions in boardrooms. Yeah. Oh, that was it. That was it. I was in this finance meeting. I can't remember why I was in it. And I remember them thinking, they're all talking away. And I was just kind of like, why don't they just do this? I can't remember what the example was, but it was something like they were talking about spreadsheets and, you know, V lookups and all this. And I was just like, what, why don't they just do this? And, and I did not have the cojones at the time to say anything. And, and I was sitting there like, nah, I'm not going to say anything. And I, I didn't. And then um, I, I ended up getting quite good relationship with the, the head of finance in, in the factory, basically. And they're sitting there and, and it turned out a couple of months later, they were still struggling <laughs> with this, with this problem. And and because I'd now got a good relationship with him, I went, why don't you just do this? And he went, that is such a great idea. Why don't we think of that? And I was just like, oh, well, technically, you know, when we had that month, that meeting a few months ago, he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, I kind of had it then, but I didn't really have the confidence, which is a key word, the confidence to bring it up. And he was like, you could have saved me months, <laughs> months of pain. And I was like, oh, and I learned then, you know, just, just say. You know, just say, and if you're, if you're in an environment which people turn around and, and treat you like you're an idiot, then you're probably in the wrong environment. Um, but yeah, yeah, confidence is a big thing, I think. It's, it's difficult sometimes, but I think one of the things I've learned in the past is you have to avoid what, what they class as silos, you know, mm. getting the same people around the table all the time to solve this, a problem within the department. If it's the same people all the time, you're not going to get those new creative different ideas that you that you hopefully get you know the best thing to do is if there's a problem in an engineering department then we get you know what somebody from each department maybe just to sit around a table and go 
how are we going to solve this? Mm -hmm. Because those that don't know it will be the ones that will ask the stupid questions, shall we say, mm -hmm. and say, well, how do you do that? Or why do you do that? And this and the other. And, and it, well, sometimes those fresh pair of eyes and all that sort of stuff on a problem is the way you get to an easier, simpler solution that as a manager of a department or a manager of a team, you get blindsided to, I think. Definitely. Definitely. Anyone else? I, I think that resonates a lot. Um, there's, you know, a lot of meters. I can think back to where really simple questions I wanted to ask. Mm. And I thought they're going to think I'm a bit silly or don't know my stuff. So it's almost better if I stay quiet and then I can't be judged either way, which obviously isn't the right thing to do because mm. it's exactly like we're saying. Sometimes those questions need to be asked because sometimes a lot of the time it is the simple things. Um, that's the best solution. Um, especially if, if you're new in um, and ask those sort of questions. Do you sometimes still feel that I always have this perception or there was always a perception that as health and safety professionals, we have to know everything at the drop of a hat. You know, mm. I should be able to quote every single regulation that's, you know, in the cosh regs mm. the minute anybody asks. And I don't know if that's still there, but I think from probably my confidence building, I'm, I'm more than happy now to say, look, I'm going to have to go back and, you know, have a check or mm. look it all. Because no, as far as I'm concerned, nobody needs to, you know, drop it out of their brain at the drop of a hat every second. No. Um, and it's, I just sometimes think it's a foolish conception that we should have all this knowledge just stored in our brains and we just drop it like a computer. <laughs> I feel like the worst people for that are actually safety professionals, if I'm honest. I think the worst people for that, the people I engage with that do that a lot are actual, like, uh, I'll say old school, old school professionals. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You, you, I was going to say, do you think it's an older generation thing where in the past it was that way? Mm. It was, you know, it's a way of showing your skills and abilities, isn't it? But yeah, and your things are different now. And you're, um, you, you're kind of talking to them and they're just like, well, uh, paragraph C, subsection four, line seven of the Health and Safety of Work Act, nineteen seventy-four, states that, and you're just like, dude, I stopped listening like ten minutes ago. I think a lot of that might be um, down to things like NEBOSH, because mm. that is what the examination is. It's kind of like regurgitating legislation and regulations onto paper. And if that's kind of the basis of what your career is, your training, I guess that's all they have. But also sometimes they use it to almost shut people down as if to say, mm. I know more than you because I can recite this reg and you don't know whether I'm right or wrong. So that's mm. enough. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of ego in it. It does, does come back to the, like you say about the knee boss really, that, I'm not saying you, you know, it's it's an it's an old hat course or anything. So I've I've done the knee bosh, but you know the new NC QR, whichever it is that's come in, that's more you know paper based and that sort of stuff. I think has opened the game up a bit more. Um, and I think I remember seeing sort of one of their adverts for their courses on you know the back of the magazine or something, and it said something like, you know, um, I was able to quote Regulation Seven from this regulation at the drop of a hat and then it said you know said nobody ever and it's just sort of a, a really interesting way of selling it and i think to be fair that's the way it, the way it's changed I don't, I don't think you need to be able to recite lines and lines of regulation anymore it's it's just not the thing 
it's a broader skill set and i think that's part of what the webinar is for next week it's it's all very well having the qualifications and knowing the legislation which is very important obviously you've got to know that that technical um skill but i think so much more of, of what the health and safety professional's job is is that engagement um and then sort of knowing your audience and, and how to sort of engage with people and get them on board um sort of quoting reams of legislation probably isn't going to engage uh, the shop floor it might be more appropriate at board level when you're explaining risks um about things but i think it's those uh, sort of softer skills the power skills i think are really um just as important now i agree i think a lot of what we do is is building relationships with people um, we've got to build relationships with um, employees, with managers, um, with so many different types of people as well. And we have to tailor how we speak to each one so differently. I think a lot of people don't realise that about our role is we do talk a lot. Um, we do chat to people. We do have to be really approachable because if we're not, people aren't going to want to talk to us about um, the health and safety issues or concerns. Um, and sometimes I'm, I'm often surprised that some people get into health and safety because one thing they say, they might say is, I really don't like people very much. And I'm like, <laughs> why are you in health and safety? Uh, I love that. Um, so thanks for continuing that conversation. My, my dog, for the first time in two years I've had him, just decided to run out the front door. So I just had to peg it downstairs. That's never happened. <laughs> He's so good. Well, I, we covered you. Yeah, thank you for that. Oh, Jesus, my heart's pounding like mad um honestly i've trained him i would open that door i get the shopping in or whatever he won't move he will not leave that door whereas today he's just run out anyway so <laughs> thank you for that I, I i love i love what you were saying there chloe if i'm honest i've i've um i remember that there's time running out we've only got 10 minutes so i know um but i remember going to doing this training course basically and um and it was around fire safety and i was being extremely honest about the board in not so many of a positive way uh, extremely honest about a project that i was on and, and extremely honest about a lot of stuff and a lady came over to me at the end and she said james that's one of the best training sessions i've ever had she said but i can't believe you haven't been sacked yet and i was like excuse me so <laughs> uh thanks um what do i say to that and she was like like you're just so honest like when you say this is what we should be doing but i i think that at the moment it doesn't seem like the board's got this as the priority and stuff like that. she's like you know i can't believe you're saying stuff like that you know, i've never been told so honestly before and i said i have to be honest with you and it, it, i can't stand here and say we as a business and there's a fine line to this i think there is a fine line to it. we do we are we have got some kind of confidential stuff that we see a lot of the time that we have to keep back i understand that but sometimes th there's an opportunity to say look this is probably what we should be doing but if i'm honest uh, I don't feel like there's a priority in this. I don't feel like we've got the funding, so we're probably not going to see this for a couple of years. Something like that, which is just honesty. I, I need to, them to trust me. If I say, we're going to do this and it never happens, I lose the trust. And then one day when I go to the shop floor or something like that, and I say, well, we'll stop. They're like, no, I'm not going to listen to you because last time you told me this was going to happen and nothing happened. Now, it's a bit of an over-exaggerated uh, exaggerated example, and I did leave short after, but... Um, it, I think I think sometimes it, it's all about relationships, and it is 
And, and I think that's a point to what we were talking about earlier about not being an expert. We're not an expert. What we are, we have relationships with the people that are the experts and good, strong relationships as well. So I, I love what you were saying there. I think one of the things someone said to me before I start this role was, well, you're not going to have any friends. No one's going to like you in health and safety. Actually, I like get on with so many people. I've got banter with people on shop floor. I know who to go to if I need help with things. And looking back, I'm like, why did anyone say that to me? Because mm. I get on well with everyone and I'm in health and safety and I still do my job every day. But I have plenty of friends in work. Mm. my old boss said the same to me so james we work in quality environment health and safety you're doing your job right if nobody likes you and i was like oh right yeah yeah okay and now i look back on it and i'm like no nah, mate it's the complete opposite it is the complete opposite it's got you know you've got to build the relationships in this and the difficulty i think we face majority of the time is that it takes so long to build those relationships sometimes because of the work that we do, you know, some people don't buy into it straight away and it can take time. The, the minute you don't follow through on something, it all falls apart um, or it can all fall apart and you have to make sure we're on top of it almost all the time. Mm. That, you know, if you say you're going to do something, you, you have to do it or, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to fix that, we're going to change this, that and the other. The minute you don't do something, that's, that's where that relationship drops and it's difficult to pull back up um but it has to be the focus of what we do the relationships that we build with those people across all the levels from top to bottom is is vital to what we do definitely, definitely. i think part of that is is who we work with as well um it sort of goes back to we're not doing all of health and safety we're there to facilitate it um so we need everyone on board right at the top level downwards to, to make things happen and i think that's particularly frustrated when we do um, make promises or, or have actions and then through sometimes no fault of our own because we haven't got that level of support there um, things don't follow through and then that trust is lost um, and those relationships are very difficult to then build back up and it's really frustrating mm. yeah and you're kind of seeing that now aren't we with coronavirus like i remember seeing a post i've screenshot it actually i've saved it for any future keynotes but the uh the the there was a gentleman that put on this thing and I won't use the exact phrase he used, but it was, you know, all these years you've been telling us to wear our hard hats and uh, high vis and, and now we really need you. Where are you now? And it was mid mid pandemic. Right. And I was just like, wow. And I, there's, there's, there's two aspects to that. The company might've been driving that safety person to be like PPE, PPE, PPE. We don't know that there's no context to that. So that we can't really judge the health safety professional, but at the same time, where are you now? I know a lot of safety professionals that were furloughed pretty early on. So where are you now? Because I'm sitting at home sipping on a margarita because I've got no other choice. Yeah, I've, it's very difficult. In our business, um, health and safety have been praised massively for, for getting on top of everything and making sure that people could come back to work safely. So I've had a completely different experience, I guess, mm. to what you've just said because we were seen as business and safety critical so we had to be in and we still are now um maybe one or two have been furloughed but on-site safety professionals have been there um get preparing everyone so i guess yeah. while everyone else did did get furloughed we were there working and um, so i guess that has been 
a different overview in our business of safety it's actually really helped us as professionals to be taken a little bit more seriously but also to be recognized in the business where maybe we weren't previously yeah yeah i think totally agree i think um there's been it's been it's been a terrible time you know a lot of people have died and a lot of people have been ill and, it's, and it is a tragedy but it has been a massive opportunity for us as a profession to to continue to raise the profile of of our industry it has categorically pushed health above safety for for a period of time um even though i think that was that was coming up to level pegging i know with all the mental health that was that's been going on for the last few years starting to bring health back up to the level of safety but i think this has just propelled health further forward um and i think now's the time to capitalize on it all you know if we can make the right changes and the right improvements to allow people back to work safely now that continues to build on those relationships that we were talking about earlier to continue for us to be strong in the industries that we're in and the businesses that we're in and that you know people are going to come to you with accidents and hazards and this and the other because you know we behaved in the right way during the pandemic and did the best that we could to make sure people were safe so the more we can capitalize on it as an industry i think the better yeah definitely absolutely I, th I think we should almost be seen as sort of business enablers rather than a hindrance um because yeah. our role is so much more it's not just the health and safety we're also we're risk managers it's about business continuity um working with hr we've got such a broad spread i think um as a health and safety professional um i think the role has changed and will continue to change going into the future to be quite broad mm. I agree and, and I think that's what's so great about this job is it's different every single day we meet different people every single day it's such a great experience and I wish more people knew how great health and safety is as a career because I mean we've all just verbalized how much we enjoy our jobs and that's not the impression I got when I first came into health and safety I was like am I going to be miserable? And actually I've been so happy and I had such a great time. I feel frustrated that no one was like, this is going to be the best job you'll ever do. Mm. No, definitely. I think it's, I've, I've been on very, I'm, I'm going to finish it out here, by the way, because we've only got one minute, 36 seconds to go. So thank you all. Jason, you've not really spoke much. So I apologize for that. Yeah. I, I, I'd like to say something. Go I, on then. I, you've got uh, one minute, 26 seconds. Go. <laughs> Okay, so um, great contributions from everyone. Um, I'd, I'd just like to uh, just give one or two inputs from um, my perspective. Um, what, looking at the ISO 45001 um, clause four, one thing I really appreciate um, that, that um, really um, impacts OHS profession and the business organization we work is um, the context of the organization. Um, um, I feel I feel we will succeed as a prof um, as professionals once we understand the context of the organization where we find ourselves, and that won't just be an of the organization, but also the context of the organization and the the, the, the geopolitical um, it's gonna cut you off. Um, factors that 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 ha that that come to be. So definitely. I'm sorry, Jason, but Zoom's going to cut you off in about 10 seconds. So I'd rather me cut you off than Zoom cut you off. I'm really sorry. And you froze as well anyway. So but no problem. next next week when, when, or next month, sorry, when we do this.
you're going to be the one talking. Okay, guys, hope you enjoyed that conversation with Future Liz. We'll do this bonus episode. We'll either slot it into the schedule or if we're doing like a mini series or something like we are currently, we will just drop it in. So, hope you enjoyed it. Fly on the wall with the Irish Future Leaders. We're going to try and do this every month if we can. Keep it real flexible, real, like, just loose and not structured. Just all of us just chinwagging. If there's anything you want to see from us, Future Leaders, you've got an idea, let us know. Come message me and I'll feed it into the group. You know all the social medias. If not, they're linked in the description below. Uh, I'll also link the forum to Irish Future Leaders in the description below so you can go check that out. Um, otherwise, peeps, I'll catch you in the next episode. Safe.